special guests. Who do we have with us today? We have Brian Stack and Jonathan Vanderels. Welcome. Hello. Great to be here. Thank you very much yeah. for inviting us. Thanks for having us in beautiful Palm Springs. Isn't it nice? Love the weather. <laughs> so really, much better than what we had in New Hampshire. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and what you do and why you came to Inacol this year? Great. So I'll start. Uh, my name is Jonathan Vanderels, and I'm currently a project director for the New Hampshire Learning Initiative, and I also provide uh, support to districts in New Hampshire and throughout the country on uh, building the structures to support a competency-based and personalized system of learning. And I'm Brian Stack. I'm the principal at Sanborn Regional High School. We're in Kingston, New Hampshire. We've been doing competency-based learning for over a decade. We've been part of INACOL and coming to these symposiums for quite some time. There's several that we've been at. I've had the opportunity to present here a number of times, including today, and just learning and growing and networking with everybody. I love coming back here year after year. It's like an old home day. For those in New England, you'll understand that. You just see old friends that you, you don't get to see face-to-face as often, but we right. work so closely together doing this work around the country, and it, it invigorates me to keep going in education every year. This is also one of the things I think that Ina Cole does so well is to connect mm-hmm. and to uh, build and grow connections that have, some of which, as Brian said, have been uh, uh, developing over many, many years. So it's uh, great to meet in, uh, new people and see some of those yeah. people that we worked with in the past. So one of the sessions you had today was talking about developing a successful competency-based learning system. Yeah. So you both have said you've been doing this for a number of years. Can you share a little bit about what the session was about and what you were sharing? So this session uh, uh, that we did this morning, learning from the trenches, we wanted to share some of the things that we've done over the past decade plus, uh, just transitioning to a competency-based system. Previously, uh, I was an elementary principal working in the same district district with Brian, uh, where he is the uh, high school principal. And so we framed uh, today's session around the why, uh, the how, and the what. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that too often schools start with uh, the what, mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. get right into the work, mm-hmm. and they don't have the structures in place to really support that work at a higher level. So uh, we really uh, spent about 45 minutes really just digging into their own personal why, and then hopefully they'll take that back and build a collective why. And then building the how, we really believe strongly that there have to be there has to be these structures in place at a school that will support collaboration and teachers working together and just the work of collaborative teams. So we talked about uh, what that could look like and what some of the guardrails are for that. And then we moved into the pieces around the competency-based system uh, and the design rubric, which I'll let Brian share. Yeah, so John and I have had, I mean, our work has been an open book ever since we started doing competency education. And, And John and I for years have written written quite extensively different blog articles um, for Competency Works and and other groups. It's really helped us kind of form our opinions of what we need to do and guide our work. Last year we we spent a substantial amount of time putting together our first book, Mm -hmm. which we're excited to have published by Solution Tree this past year. So we pulled a lot of the excerpts from our book um, came out in today's session. Really, again, as John said, it was really designed to help people figure out how to make this work their own in their system, which can look really different. 
And it's, it's, you know, when you come to these events here, you learn how something so complex like a competency education model can be approached differently by schools that are, are so different coast to coast, urban, suburban, um, all different kinds of factors play into the different schools, but really the work is the same. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a little school in Maine mm -hmm. or a really big school in New York City, the work starts the same, the principles are the same, and that's, that's what we try to approach with the work when I we think, speak. Yeah, I, just to add to that, one of the things that we want to try to do is to meet each person, school, uh, district where they are, and allow them to find their entry point, which might be different, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So we use the design principles of a competency-based system as kind of the structure or guide uh, uh, framework for that. And hopefully folks left our session today with an idea of where they're going to head from here. Yeah. What do you see as some of the trends in those starting entry points for different schools? Yeah. So we see, we see, and we work with a lot of schools around the cult, uh, country doing um, coaching work, we see assessment is probably mm. the biggest entry point for folks who want to do the work. Well, everybody has assessments already, right. right? So it's an easy, it's an easy sell to say to educators, look, we're not asking you to reinvent the wheel. We want you to really kind of think about assessment in a more meaningful way. And then once you have a better understanding of what assessment should look, look, should look like and why you assess, then you can take a look at what you're already doing and what you can do to make it a little bit more robust. That that tends to be the biggest entry point. Yeah, the one that makes them uh, tends to make the most sense, and we saw that play out today in our session. Um, you know, we just asked how many of you are thinking about assessment. Yeah. Uh, meaningful assessment is the entry point. Right. And one of the things that happens is, you know, we'll ask uh, participants or people we're working with, "What's the first word you think of when you hear assessment?" Mm -hmm. And they say testing. Yeah. And then we kind of back up a little bit and we say, well, you know, the word assess comes from the root that means to sit beside and, you know, assessment for learning is different than assessment of learning. And if assessment mm -hmm. is part of that learning process and we're truly looking for evidence of where a student is and then figuring out what we need to do to support them, all those other pieces come into play. Mm -hmm. And we share our own examples with assessment and performance assessment in particular and how that really started to shape um, mm -hmm. instructional changes in mm -hmm. our schools because of that level of rigor doesn't exist within the instructional phase of a unit and we go and administer an assessment, a performance assessment at a high level of rigor, then kids understandably don't do well on that. Oh, right. And yeah. so it impacts instruction right. and then, you know, all these pieces start to come in, open the door um, to other areas that we really um, understand in a competency system need to be looked at. Have you looked at the success stories and Courtney just mentioned something about common threads and assessment, but I'm thinking of the, the districts or the schools that really struggle with implementing this. Uh, what Have you seen any like common threads about the, the districts or schools that struggle as they work with you? And, and what are those struggles? I think the first one that I see is I would look at a, uh, a performance assessment process as, a, as an entry point to understanding competencies better, making sure we're clear on essential standards, making sure we're clear on where skills and dispositions fit into this, um, and, and building it that way. If those things aren't in place, if there isn't a clear understanding uh, curriculum-wise as far as what the competencies are in the district or school, mm -hmm. what the, um, how the power standards or essential standards flow into those competencies, uh, what learning targets are, if that's all new, then 
uh, it can definitely cause uh, some hangups there yeah. um, and barriers, but it's also a way to take something at a small level, a micro level, and say, okay, pick a competency. Mm. What are the power standards that fall under that competency? And you go through that process within the, with a performance assessment, and it starts to make a little bit more sense rather than here are your competencies, you know, go do this, right? Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. So I think another struggle too is just districts making the shift from being a teacher-centered environment to more of a learner-centered environment. Mm -hmm. So I'll see that right away because usually that starts with a top-down decision as to how you're going to approach instruction or what you can't mm -hmm. do with instruction. And I find that the teacher-centered environments, it's much more difficult to make this work. And the, the more people delve into the work, the more they start to understand that it needs to be more learner-centered. And there are instructional support, uh, there are instructional structures that they can use to support that work. Mm -hmm. Brian, wouldn't you say like grading, like if, if grading practices haven't changed and people are starting <laughs> to dig into this work, then that can create some real Absolutely. issues as well. Yeah. That's yep. it. That's a great point. I've got a session on Wednesday, <laughs> on Wednesday actually, to talk specifically about grading with Ken O'Connor, yes. who's done some grading work oh, yeah. all He's over the world. He's I've I've been telling him for years he needs to come to this event. Mm -hmm. Finally got him here for Good. his first one. Okay. So, so we've spoken with both of you before, um, last year and the year before, and um, what has changed? Oh. Yeah. Good question. You, you know what? For me, I've reflected so much more on the why mm -hmm. for the work. And, and it seems like, of course, you start with the why, right? Before you start doing the work, you have to understand why you're going to do it. But then after 10 years, you just start doing the work. Uh -huh. And I don't, maybe I don't need the reminder of the why because I've been doing the work for so long. But there's been a lot of new players mm. in my system in the last few years who weren't there for that why discussion. Yeah. And I also think... Our world is changing so quickly to the point where we almost have to revisit that why annually mm -hmm. with our folks. And that, for me, over the last two years at least, has really kind of just been a mind shift for how to approach the work and how the work needs to evolve. Wouldn't you agree, John? Absolutely. I think um, that piece, I think it was skimmed over a lot at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, but there are ways that, that people are really explicitly trying to make sure that the why is clear through graduate profile, portrait of a graduate, all these different Great. ways to pull that piece yeah. out. We can't, we can't miss that. No. I think in a, another, uh, just something that's changed, I think for both of us, is the amount of great work happening all over our country. Mm -hmm. And a forum like this allows us to um, see that, understand it better, see how it connects to things that we've been doing, right. learn from it, and continue to grow. And quite honestly, when we started, you know, it was Chris Sturgis and saying, hey, you should talk to this person who's doing it in California, right? right? And it's like, um, now, they're just, you know, there are great things happening everywhere, which mm -hmm. is really exciting, and we can learn from that. Mm -hmm. All right, I have one final question for the both of you. Sustainability of this work. If a leader or leaders leave a certain place and the work kind of struggles along, then how does the work continue with the people that are left? If the leaders that are coming in, as you said this moment or so, Brian, that you, there are new people coming in all the time, right? Mm -hmm. new, new people that work. Um, but if the leadership is changing, 
how does that how, how do you keep that sustainability going in in the places that, that believe in the work but now don't have anybody yeah. to lead it? It's it's a it's a great question because really what you're getting at is how do you make the work part of the culture of the school, right? And yeah. that's that's really what it boils down to, and it, it takes time. It doesn't it doesn't happen in years one or two. It happens after a, a period of time of continuing to do the work, but but also I think from the beginning, and, and it really does start at the top, somebody at the top needs to recognize that they can't be the only decision maker. And there needs to be some shared decision making throughout the work so that groups will be able to, to be invested in the work as part of the culture. And, and I've, I've seen it, you know, for eight years straight in my school district, we had zero turnover with administrators. So if you wow. think about that, it was an amazing time where we were able to develop that culture. But now in the last three years, for lots of different reasons, we've had a fair amount of turnover with mm -hmm. the administration, but we've maintained the work, even with new people coming in, because we're able to take the time to make that part of the culture. And new people coming in are holding each other accountable for the work. It gets back to uh, you know the, the conversation about structures to support this work. And in a professional learning community model, which is the foundation for the work that you know, we did is we started with that. Like, how are we going to operate as a, as a school and a district together? And so, to build upon what Brian is saying, the, the mission, vision, values, values and goals pieces um, have to be clear. So again, this goes back to why pieces, but why do we exist as a school or, or as a district? What is it that we really are, are all about? What do we wanna be doing for kids? Um, that's that mission piece of shared purpose. The vision, what do we as a school have to do to become that, right? To make that a reality. If leadership is dispersed, and when we talk about leadership, it's not district leaders mm -hmm. only in building you know, principles and assistant right. principles. We're talking about teacher leaders mm -hmm. because that's where this mm -hmm. is going to take root. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and if, like Brian said, you have new folks coming in. It's this is how we do things here. This is our school. This is who we are. And then those new people add to that culture. They mm -hmm. bring their own pieces. They, it continues to evolve. Mm -hmm. um, refer to this as the creep uh, or the drift. It's very easy to start to drift away. And, and strong schools will recognize that that's happening. Um, and districts as well, right, at that level. That, that we're, we have to revisit these pieces. And that's where, you know, the why piece that Brian's talking about revisiting consistently, that has to be part of the culture that you're constantly... Uh, reflecting, refining, and moving forward. I think about a teacher who came into my office about five years into our process. I shared this during the session today. She said, you know what I realized, John, is that we're never going to be there. And she made these quotes, and she said, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, and that, that's the mindset. We're always trying to get better. Um, and I think if people come in with that and it become, becomes uh, part of what people are spreading to anybody new and making sure it sustains, then we'll be in good shape. Sean Bryan, thank you very much for talking with us today. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Take care. We're just